Welcome, everybody, to the Harland Highway. I want to suck your ears. I don't want to suck your ears. I just want to, I want to borrow your ears. I want to use your ears so I can put this podcast in your ears. Okay, cool. Um, hopefully you'll enjoy it. What a podcast we have today. Oh, my God. Uh, an angry an angry listener calls in. A pavement pounder is getting off the Harland Highway. He's very upset with me. Wait till you hear this call. Ouch, it hurts. But I got to play it. Um, also, um, we are going to be, uh, we're going to be uh, having a crazy news story. I'm really pissed off about something. Uh, it's a fast food story, and boy, do I get fired up. I, I don't usually swear, but I curse up a storm on this one. I'm not happy. And uh, also, uh, Professor Rutherford Grimes will be calling in from Berkeley University. He's a professor who's, who studies uh, African-American and uh, black culture. And once again, the, the black community has been shut out of the Oscars this year. And uh, Dr. Uh, Professor Rutherford Grimes is going to be calling in to kind of tell us why this is reoccurring, why this happened again. It happened last year and now this year. So I uh, can't wait to see what he says. Let's do this. This is the Harland Highway. Where am I? What is this? Some kind of a joke or something? Welcome to the Harland Highway. What you talking about, Willie? Son, you got a panty on your head. Shut up and sit down, you big bald fuck. Oh, God, what's happening here? What's happening? Hey, Harland, it's Shelly. You just made a wrong turn onto the Harland Highway. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other thing. Not because they are easy, but because they are hard. That is fantastic. <laughs> What's wrong with everybody in this crazy place? The Harland Highway. <gasps> what is it? The opening. To what? To another dimension. This is Harland Williams. You're a bad man. You're a very bad man. That is fantastic. <laughs> the Harland Highway. Crazy news story. That's weird. Wow. That's strange stuff. Okay. Okay, this... Oh, man. This story isn't only crazy. This story gets... Oh, this story makes me mad. Let's listen to this. Here's the headline on this crazy news story. Chick-fil-A. You all know Chick-fil-A, the fast food joint, right? And, and please note I said fast food... Chick-fil-A says goodbye to coleslaw, hello to kale, K-A-L-E, kale. Are you kidding me? This is no word of a lie. I'm not a, who likes coleslaw? Who cares about coleslaw? Whoopie-doo, coleslaw. But for whatever reason, Chick-fil-A made really good coleslaw. It was like creamy and it was kind of yummy. Like, I kind of looked forward to the coleslaw as much as I looked forward to the chicken. And so the other night, I was craving some fast food, but I didn't really want fast food. You ever have one of those moments where you're like, oh, man, I feel like a burger. But but then when you visualize eating it, you go, ah, I really don't feel like a burger, you know? And so the tipping point for me was, well, I don't really want the fast food, but I sure would like some of that coleslaw. 
that Chick-fil-A coleslaw because it's kind of creamy and yummy and it's sort of healthy because it's, you know, it, it's, it's, it's chopped up vegetables, cabbage and lettuce. And yeah, there's like creamy mayonnaise type dressing on it, but at least you're getting some vegetables. So as, as God is my witness, I, I really wanted the coleslaw more than I wanted the, the chicken. It, the coleslaw actually tastes really good. So, you know, it's one of the few places I, I ever go that I order any kind of salad or vegetable or anything. I never do that. Okay? So um, I, uh, I, I, I roll into the drive-thru and I pull up. And lo and behold, they say, oh, yeah, we, we're all sold out of coleslaw. We don't sell that. And I was mystified. I was like, how do you be sold out of coleslaw? So I just thought I must have just caught them at the wrong time. And I came home and I was kind of bummed. Yeah, I had coleslaw depression, man. That's right. It happens. It's a syndrome. Yeah, people... There's all kinds of depression, postpartum depression. There's depression when you re return from the battlefield. There's depression, dark depression, suicidal depression, and there's coleslaw depression. And I went into a deep slaw. I went into a deep, deep slaw pression. That's what it call it's called slaw pression. Anyway, so I pull I, I pull up, they don't have it, and then, then like two days later I see this article. Chick-fil-A says goodbye to coleslaw, hello to kale. Here's the story. A week after Chick-fil-A broke the news to fans that it was discontinuing coleslaw, and that's where I got, you know, they broke the news to me right in the drive through line through the speaker. Yeah, I'd like some coleslaw, please. Yeah, we're trying to. We don't have any more coleslaw. What? We don't have any more coleslaw, Jeremy. We're trying did you say you don't have any more coleslaw? That's right, you fucking idiot. Take the wax out of your fucking ears. No more fucking coleslaw. All right, relax. So Chick-fil-A announced a healthier alternative dubbed the superfood side. Remember, this is a fast food place. The new salad is stuffed with chopped kale and broccolini tossed in a maple vinaigrette dressing topped with dried sour cherries. It has a packet of walnuts, almonds, and pecans on the side for nut lovers. The side dish checks off superfood boxes with its kale, broccolini, dried sour cherries, and walnuts. I'm at fucking Chick-fil-A. I'm not at the Waldorf. I'm not at Morton's Steakhouse. I'm not eating dinner with the king of Jordan, you assholes. I don't want fucking kale and broccoli. Why, why do I want kale? Doesn't that shit grow in the ocean? What am I, a leopard seal? What am I, a goddamn walrus or a penguin? Yeah, why don't you just bring me some mashed up octopus turd too? Good lord, this is fast food. Well, sir, don't get upset, okay? The chopped kale has a broccolini tossed in a maple vinaigrette dressing. And it doesn't stop there, sir. It's topped with dried sour cherries and a packet of walnuts, almonds, and pecans in case you're a nut lover. 
How about we top it off with a big fucking pile of fuck off? I'm sorry. I know I don't usually swear, ladies and gentlemen, but what the fuck? I want some creamy-ass coleslaw from a fast food joint. What is there a drive-through at Ruth Chris Steakhouse all of a sudden? Is there a is there a uh, is there a drive-through at the Ritz Carlton? Yeah, and with that kale salad, bring me a fucking pheasant under glass, some fucking broiled lobster tails, and I don't know how about a five thousand dollar dish of caviar, asshole. Okay, sir, drive through. Yeah, right. Come on. Here's, here goes the rest of the article. The superfood side is not something you would expect to see at a fast food restaurant. Yeah, hello. You just lost a customer. And we're thrilled to kick off 2016 with something that can help people stick to their New Year's resolutions and eat healthfully. Um, doesn't the fact that I'm in a drive-thru fucking drive-thru tell you that I'm not looking to eat healthily and I've already broken my resolution? Just because you got a kale salad doesn't mean I'm not drinking your milkshake and eating your fat fucking fried chicken covered with cheese and mayonnaise, dipshit. Unbelievable. Chick-fil-A's vice president of menu strategy and development. See, that's the problem right there. David Farmer, Chick-fil-A's vice president of menu strategy and development. What the hell is that? It's fast food. First of all, you shouldn't even, don't even have the right to say menu. It's just shit on a board. There's uh, you got the fried chicken with cheese, you got the double fried chicken, you got the chocolate brownie fudge cake, and the uh, frozen frosty, chocolate or vanilla. That's a menu? That's just shit up on a board. Good Lord. Do they have to, like, prissify everything? Menu strategy and development. What even strategy and development? Fry the fucking chicken, pimple face. Yeah, that you, you guess what's on the menu? Guess what the name of our place? Chick-fil-A. Guess what's on the menu? Chicken. You know what the strategy is? You dip it in the oil and fry it, pimple face. <laughs> oh, my God. Here, here's a quote from this guy. Customers who have tried... Customers have tried it, rave about having an option that's incredibly healthy where you don't have to sacrifice great taste. Yeah, boy, I can't wait to get the great taste of fucking seaweed in my mouth. You know, I've always wondered what a whale fart tastes like. Can you give me another bowl of that kale shit? Chick-fil-A, where the signature sandwich and french fries still are deep Deep fat freed, deep fat fried, has other healthy options, including grilled chicken, fruit cups, and salads. Yeah, and what percentage of your fast food customers eat that crap? It says it right there. They're deep fat fried. 
The kale salad was developed in collaboration with the Atlanta-based chef. Oh, now there's a fucking chef on board, everyone. Chef Ford Fry of Ford Fry Restaurants. The fucking guy's got the name Fry in his name. And on top of that, it's a drive-thru. His first name's Ford. Like in the car. This guy, this is the fucking guy? Chick-fil-A official said this is the first time an outside chef has partnered with the chain to introduce a new menu item. Well, whoopee fucking do A chef, huh? Gee, I wonder who the chef is over at Burger King who prepared my Whopper with cheese. This Whopper with cheese is simply smashing. Would you please give my compliments to the chef? Or if he's not around, I see a fat, pimply-faced, overweight fuckhead back there. I mean, come on. Oh, here's the chef. I really enjoyed working with the culinary team from Chick-fil-A. The culinary team? What reality are we in? This is a fucking fast food place that sells chick fried, deep fried chicken for like three twenty-five. What what kind of warped world have we have I walked into? I really enjoyed working with the culinary team from Chick-fil-A on incorporating ingredients that are unique to the industry. Yeah, because no other fucking restaurant wanders around on the beach raking up sea- fucking seaweed. Yeah, excuse me, waiter, there's a conch shell in my salad. Yeah, excuse me, waiter, um, there's like a fucking sea snake in my salad. Fry said, we know that it can be challenging to eat healthy on the go. So we wanted to create something that customers will love eating that's also nutritious. You know what, douchebag? Chicken is actually nutritious. Okay? And guess what else is nutritious? Fucking coleslaw. So it's a little creamy. I'm still getting all my greens that grew in the dirt. They didn't wash up on the shore with the used heroin needles and the crushed Coke cans. The superfood, oh, now it's a superfood. How about a super shit food? It it debuts January 18th nationwide in two sizes, five ounces for $2.59 and eight ounces for $3.79. It will also be able to be substituted for fries and a combo meal for additional 98 cents. 140 calories and 7 grams of fat. Who cares? I'm at a fast food place. I want my food fat. This is this is as ridiculous as the day when McDonald's stopped uh, cooking their French fries in animal fat because a you know a small pocket of health nuts and a small pocket of people that are so concerned for everybody else's health raised the alarm bells that McDonald's was was cooking french fries and animal fat, which, by the way, tasted delicious. So McDonald's, succumbing to the pressure of these little groups, decided to deep-fry their french fries in some kind of trans-fat-free, transvestite, trans-fat oil. 
And their French fries have never tasted as good. It stopped me from going to McDonald's more than I used to. I mean, McDonald's is another example. You look at their menu now. It's like grilled chicken and uh, walnut salads. And where the hell am I? I don't know, man. Oh, everything's just getting so prissy. God bless all the uh, burger places that just stick to fast food. If it's not healthy, we know about it. Guess what? We want it. Okay, if we want healthy food, we go get healthy food at the healthy food place. Have you ever been to like a wheatgrass bar or a, you know, a yogurt, you know, yogurt bar or granola place or a health food store and they're selling like granola and seaweed and wheatgrass? And you say, hey, by the way, I just bought a bunch of wheatgrass, some granola, and some, you know, fucking oats. But you wouldn't happen to have a glass of bacon grease and a cheeseburger while I'm here, would you? Just, you know, because I want an option. No. So guess what? Let me read this headline again. Chick-fil-A says goodbye to coleslaw, hello to kale. How about Chick-fil-A says goodbye to a customer who liked the coleslaw and fucked the kale. There, I rest my case. I And again, I apologize for the profanities, but as you can see, I'm pissed. Just leave stuff alone, man. Leave good stuff alone. Idiots. <laughs> Hey, Harland. I want to say thank you for all the laughs. Thank you. But unfortunately, I'm feeling like pulling off this highway. I've had enough about your non-humorous, depressing opinions about the world. There's a lot of good to look at, and I hope you can find it. I'm going to do what I've told you before and leave the echo of negativity to its original action, if need be. I don't need their negativity going through my head. I don't appreciate it coming from you. I know you have listeners who enjoy your podcast, but they don't know you like I know you. You're a good person who needs to make others laugh while you make yourself laugh. That's your prime, I think. You maybe need to be reminded that you're more loved than hated. So why let their hate get to you and become a way of your thoughts and thinking patterns? Spread the love and Okay. And and then I I don't know what happened here. Did you hear him? It 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 sounds like he drove underwater or something. It's like he was driving along or I don't know where he is. And all of a sudden it it, it is is his messages started. I didn't tamper with it digitally or anything. The audio it just it sounded like he was in a car and drove was slowly driving un, under a lake. And it sounds like maybe I drove him there. Like he said, he's driving off the Harland Highway, and he he said I was depressing him, and wow. So as I sit here and and always am looking to gain listeners, I get it that sometimes I lose them. And I, you know, I have to live with losing listeners, and I, I respect this gentleman for not wanting to listen anymore. That's his prerogative. That's his choice. But but what I do have to uh, make issue with is that that you know 
my podcast, when I'm not ranting against Chick-fil-A, is for the most part very upbeat and positive. Now, I do admit sometimes I go off on tangents and sometimes I do, you know, delve into the sad state of affairs that are in the world. Sometimes I'll talk about something that's depressing or, or, or tough to listen to. But I would say that's 10% of my podcast. I'd say 90%, 85% of the time it's comedy. I'm trying to make you guys laugh. It's, it's silly. It's fun. So I'm kind of sad that this guy's perception of my podcast is, is so dark and, and dour and grim. And I, it, it's his choice if he wants to drive underwater and get away from it. I, 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 can't, I can't argue that. And I actually respect the phone call. I, I like hearing this kind of feedback, whether it's, it's you know, I don't want to be praised all the time. I, I like hearing when people don't like something. It helps to inform me. And I, I just like hearing opinions. And it doesn't mean I'm going to change what I do, but I, I do like to hear what's on your mind. But, um, you know, just to set the record straight, my, my podcast is primarily very upbeat and positive. That's, that's just who I am. That's, that's the way I am. I don't like the negative stuff either. But that being said, we live in a world that has some negative things and some dark things. And guess what? I like to talk about those sometimes. And sometimes I think they need to be talked about. And so, as I've said to all my listeners uh, all the time throughout the years, I said, you know, if there's anything I like to do on this podcast, it's, uh, it's to offer up food for thought. It's to offer, offer up the unexpected. And so, you know, five minutes of my show could be uh, me talking about, uh, you know, rusty doorknobs or Chick-fil-A or doing the voice of Aunt Ruthie. And then I might be talking about, uh, you know, the topic of suicide. So unfortunately for, for me and this guy, I lose a listener, which makes me sad because, you know, I feel like he's not being fair with his assessment of what I present. But if he perceives as, as what I do as, as very negative and, and dark and upsetting, I, I can't change his mindset. And like I said, I respect his opinion to leave if he wants to leave. But the facts, if you go back and listen to all my podcasts, over 700 episodes, you if you listen to all of them from top to bottom, 90% is upbeat, positive, fun, silly, interpretive, informative maybe, what have you. So I'm not going to stop doing that because that's part of what I like to do. I like to offer that up to my listeners and... And, you know, nobody in the entertainment world, no broadcaster, no podcaster, no TV host, no writer, no singer, they can't always give you exactly what you want to hear because everybody has beliefs and opinions. And what you have to do is, is decide if you, you like to hear what someone says. You know, let's say you love John Cougar Mellencamp and you're listening, you know, you listen to 600 of his songs and number 601 is an anti-Vietnam song. And as it turns out, your dad was in Vietnam and gave his service to the country. Suddenly you hate John Cougar Mellencamp? 
You refuse to, you, you, I'm never listening to John Cougar Mellencamp again because he sang a song that went against Vietnam and my daddy was in Vietnam. Well, you just robbed yourself of all the richness of everything else he had to offer. Now, if you had, if you had phoned me and said, Harland, I hate everything you do. I hate, I hate your comedy. I hate, I hate your jokes. I hate your writing. I hate the voices you do. I hate your opinions. I, I hate everything you do. I'm getting out of here. I'd be like, yeah, man, go. You should go. Why, why'd you listen to me in the first place? But for you to come on here and say, I've been listening to your show for a while, a long time, and, and, and you know, there's too many negative things on here. Well, I think, I think you know, that's not a fair assessment. But like I said, I do appreciate you hearing, hearing your voice. I wish I could have heard the rest of your message because I think it would have been even more informative. But somehow you drove underwater or something. I don't know if you went through a car wash or you, you went and it's fell. I sincerely just visualized you like driving into a lake. I'm going to just play that part again. You maybe need to be reminded that you're more loved than hated. So why let their hate get to you and become a way of your thoughts and thinking patterns? Did you hear it? It just kind of like started going underwater. You can st- it's all muffled. Listen, you can. He's he's fighting for air. In all honesty, what happened is I think you might have dropped your phone, or you you put it too close to your chin, or something muffled it up. Uh, but I would have liked to have heard the rest. And and you know I I, I hear the passion in your voice. I, I like it that you said, in all reality, you you're more loved than you are hated. And I almost wonder if, if somehow you were like psychologically analyzing me and, and somehow felt that I, I was angry or, or, or bitter towards the world or something, which again is, is totally not factual. I always try to look for the positive silver lining in things, the upbeat uh, side of things. But that doesn't mean I'm not going to comment or report on Things that I see that are negative, you know, and I, I, w- I will always talk about negative things, but maybe try and find the, the, the positive in a negative. So whatever, just, you know, I get all kinds of phone calls here. I love to get them. And if anyone else has anything to say like that, feel free. I don't care. It's water off my back. In fact, I shouldn't even say it's water off my back. It's not water. I absorb everything you guys say. I, I will absorb this guy's words and I, I will take them to heart. And it, and it it felt like there was a little pain and, and sadness in his voice. And and I will uh, I will dissect and analyze and interpret what he had to say, but I won't let it I won't let it affect me to the to the degree that I'm I'm not gonna do what I do. But I don't need a bunch of ass kissing and oh you're the greatest. I'm I'm just as comfortable with people pointing out uh, faults and blemishes and criticisms. That's all part part for the course, man. So uh, hey, I appreciate the call. I hope your car came up the other side of the lake and you're back on dry land. I hope maybe if you ever hear this, you come back to the highway and and don't abandon it because like I said. My main mission is to just make you guys have a laugh and make you smile. So there you go. I rest I rest my case and I'm angry. No, I'm not. Um
let's move on. Let's move on and, and let's get to some of that funny, shall we? Some of that funny, positive stuff. Yeah. Although, uh, you know, I don't know how positive this is. Um, we, uh, you know, Martin Luther King uh, Jr. Day was, uh, was just, uh, you know, earlier this week. And uh, the Oscars are also coming up. And uh, last year, if you remember, the Oscars kind of shut out African-Americans. There, there were barely any African-Americans nominated or, or uh, put up for Oscars. And it looks like it's happened again this year, where virtually like no African-Americans were, were put up uh, for nominations, it seems. And uh, last year we had a uh, Professor Rutherford Grimes from... Uh, from Berkeley, Berkeley University in Northern California, up there near uh, San Francisco. He's a professor of, uh, of African-American studies, African-American cultures, uh, black culture. Uh, he studies a black history. He's just, a, you know, he, th- th- he's made a career out of, of uh, studying and understanding uh, black and African-American culture. And last year he called in, uh, you know, to talk to us about why uh, black people were shut out of the Oscars. And uh, it was a very uh, stimulating conversation, very uh, revealing, a little bit startling. And uh, Roger's telling me we have Dr. Rutherford Grimes on the line again. And we're going to, I guess we're going to get into this conversation again because uh, it's not... uh, it's probably not a good one. Uh, okay, Rod, Roger's telling me he's on line, line four. Yeah, okay. Line four. Okay, let's put him through. Here we go. Uh, hello there, uh, Professor uh, Grimes. Uh, hello, Holland. How, how are you? Uh, doing good, uh, uh, Professor. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, this is uh, Professor uh, Rutherford Grimes from... Uh, from uh, Berkeley U up in uh, Northern California. Uh, Harlan, it, uh, it's a pleasure to be here, and uh, I'm uh, delighted to be able to, uh, uh, to talk to you and uh, interact with you and your audience uh, today. Yes, sir. Well, we, we appreciate your time. We know you're a busy man. Uh, let's cut right to the chase. It sounds like, uh, you know, the, the Oscars have done it again, uh, just like they did last year. Uh, absolutely, uh, uh, Harlan, and uh, it, it is a, it is a uh, deeper disappointment. It's uh, disconcerting, and uh, it, it, once again, it is a blemish on on the uh, the Oscar organization to, uh, for lack of a better term, shut out uh, talented uh, African American director. Uh, producers and writers just to shut them out. I call it the the Flintstone uh, cat syndrome, Harlan. What do you mean the Flintstones cat syndrome? Uh, if you watched uh, the old Flintstone cartoon at the end of uh, of the cartoon, you see uh, the Flintstones, they push the cat outside the door of their little house and slam the door and, and lock it out. And, and this is what the Oscar done uh, to the African American, uh, you know, talent community. Yeah, it, boy, I, you know, last year I thought, okay, it's an anomaly that they, you know, 
look, you, you shouldn't you shouldn't vote for someone based on skin color. You should vote for uh, a talent based on on what they put up on screen, right? Uh, that's absolutely a hundred percent correct. Uh, we're not we're not you know in the African community. We're not looking for any favors. I mean, God knows you know the the black man, the African American man. We're not looking for a handout. Okay, uh, but we do feel that there there is a high high caliber of uh, black talent in uh, in this year's uh, crop of uh, films and uh, television shows and uh, what what have you. There's there's no doubt about that. Uh, I think a lot of people are a little startled by it. And I, I mean, what do you attribute this to, uh, uh, Doctor Rutherford? Well, Holland, you know, I, I do a lot of intensive studies. Uh, we follow logarithms. We 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 we, we monitor social patterns. Uh, we even uh, check in with uh, you know places like the, the Nielsen's rating. We do independent studies, uh, focus groups, and uh, we all all so all my data uh, seems to be attributed uh, to one common thread. Uh, Holland, everything come back to one common denominator. Okay, so you've done some intense research, and you feel that somehow you can pinpoint why the uh, African-American community has been shut out of the Oscars? Absolutely. Now, Holland, have you ever heard of this? uh, uh, He's a prominent, uh, talented uh, African-American actor. Uh, Just he's he's a jewel in the crown of the uh, of the uh, of the African American uh, talent pool. Uh, who are you referring to, uh, Professor? Uh, I, I'm talking about the actor who's, who's won Oscars, been nominated for Oscars, uh, Forrest Whitaker. Are you familiar with him? Well, yes, sir. Forrest Whitaker, the, the wonderful actor. He's he's he has won Oscars. He's 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 a he's a treasure. Yeah, and, and are you familiar with Forrest Whitaker's left eye? You, you know, Professor, you, you kind of went down this trail last year where you kind of you kind of said that Forrest Whitaker's left eye, which is very often, and I don't know why, uh, is swollen sometimes, and it, it, it kind of sags shut uh, over his eyeball? Absolutely, Harlan. You know, his right eye... Nice, crystal clear, a big round, almost, almost like an owl up in a tree. Got a big round, clear, wonderful right eye. But Holland, if you look at Forrest Whitaker's left eye, and I say look at it if you can, because it's hard to see. I mean, his eyelid, uh, it it sagged down, it flapped down over his eyeball. It's almost impossible to see his left eye at some points in time. Well, pr- Professor, what is your point with, with the left eye thing? Well, there's a direct correlation with the success of the African community and Forrest Whitaker's left eye. I think you've seen his left eye look look like, look like you know, he, he was uh, someone jumped up on him in a, in a back alley and just uh, took to his left eye with a, with a crowbar, just, sm- you know, swinging the crowbar back and forth, smashing up his left eye so it all bagged up and all puffed up. Yeah, yes, yes, Professor, but what does that, his left eye have to do 
with with the Oscars. Well, Harlan, it seems, and I'm, again, this is traced his back to my studies now, extensive studies, and not only my findings, but my, my staff and my, my faculty, we have found uh, inconclusive evidence, uh, Harlan, that uh, every time uh, Forrest Whitaker's left eye get all puffed up uh, or go half shut, uh, the African-American community have a rough time. So you're saying, and I find this hard to believe, sir, but you're the professor here, you're the expert. You're saying if Forrest Whitaker's left eye is healthy and open... Uh, that's right. It looked like an owl, like his right eye. looked like he got a couple of owl eyes. Like he's got owl eyes that the African-American community on a whole is in good shape and good standing uh, socially they they seem to have less problems whether they be uh, economic or sociological problems exactly when when fools Whitaker have a healthy eye the African community the African excuse me the African American community have a healthy disposition now his eye now I mean it looked like maybe Falls Whitaker was out uh, fishing with some friends or uh, you know standing on the edge of a river and maybe you know he hooked into a big old speckled trout and maybe Sometimes a fisherman pull his fishing line so hard, Harlan, that the, 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 the fish come flying right out the river and smack a man right in the face. And in, in this case, it looked like a big old speckled trout came just flying out of the river and, and smack Forrest Whitaker right in the left eye and just puff it all up with, with fish juice and, and uh, you know, scales and just uh, fish oil and his eye just puff up. Okay, I think we, we get it. Uh, professor, or maybe a you know maybe a bigger fish, a predatory uh, fish like a muskellunge. Uh, just a, maybe he he wasn't even fishing for that fish, but I, it looked like he was standing over a body of water and a, about you know maybe a, a, a ninety hundred pound muskellunge just jump up and uh, pop him right in the left eye. I mean that muskellunge uh, they call them the sharks of fresh water, and sometimes they'll come up and take a duck. Uh, from right off the surface of the water, and, and maybe, and this is it, I can't prove this, but maybe Falls Whitaker was standing on the edge of a, a lake making a wish, or maybe skipping a rock, Harlan. And that big old 90 pound muscalon, she come up out of the weeds and see that, that puff up eye, just maybe it looked like a turkey egg, or, a, or, or maybe it looked like a, you know, a, a, a big giant fish egg, and that old muscular jump up and bite his eye meat and just tug on on his, the side of his eye and just pull his eye all out and, you know, just puff it off. Okay, sir. I, I'm not I'm not sure that the reason that there's no African-Americans in the Oscars this year is because Forrest Whitaker's eye is, 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 is his eyelid is hanging down over his eye. Well, Holland, you know, I... I, I, I'm not one to dispute my own research. Now, if you want me to send you any of this data uh, to verify my findings, but it is a well-known fact that uh, earlier this year, Forrest Whitaker uh, did go to Spain and uh, did attend the running of the bulls. And I, I, I think there's some video footage on YouTube where 
Foles Whitaker was running with the bulls and he tripped and he fell down and those bulls uh, normally they pick a man up on his horns and throw him in the air but it looked like a five or six bull just went out of their way to stomp his left eye. It looked like they brought their hoofs down on his left eye. It looked like they, they smashed their horn. They brought their heads down and tried to stab up his left eye. Puffed it all up. Just like, looked like shredded the back. Like someone put a pack of bacon in a, in a helicopter blade or something. Would you, sir? I, I, I've got to believe there's, there's, there's different data that 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 concludes as to why the the African Americans were shut out of the Oscars. Are you telling me that Forrest Whitaker's eye was trampled in the running of the bulls, and because his eye is saggy, that's the reason that that, that the African American? That, that's exactly my point, Mr. Williams. And, and you know. <laughs> I love Forrest Whitaker. The, the, the African-American community, especially the creative African-American community, the actors, the directors, the Spike Lee, everyone like that, we hold uh, Forrest Whitaker up on a pedestal. This is a man of great artistic accomplishment. And to see the African-American community uh, falter because his eye looked like he was underwater and snorkeling on a coral reef and a giant moray eel came out and swam up to his eye and did it and just tugged on his eye meat. Sir, I think maybe we, 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 we might have to just conclude right here. I'm not sure that... The, the this is verifiable, and this this is really uh, factual. I mean, it looked like, if, if, and this is tragic, but it looked like, have you ever seen an avalanche, Mr. Williams, when the rocks come tumbling down the hill? And it looked like maybe a big old boulder, maybe the size of a Volkswagen Beetle, uh, just came up bouncing down the hill and bounced and bounced, hit the tarmac, rolled up, bounced up off the road, and poor Forrest Whitaker was standing at the bottom, and the giant rock hit him right in the left eye, and his, his eye get all puffed up and bruised and just puffed up like a giant. Sir, thank you. We have to go. Or maybe his eye looked like, looked like a, you ever seen a prolapse? Cut? Sir, goodbye. A prolapse? Good, good Lord. Did you get, did he say a prolapse at the end? Good Lord. Oh, my God. Well, I don't know. Is he gone? Okay, good. Jeez. Listen, I, I appreciate an educated opinion. God knows that Rutherford Grimes, Professor Rutherford Grimes is way smarter than I am. But I, I just don't know if I think he had the same argument last year. And, and to equate the, the healthiness, the robustness of the African-American community in direct correlation to how much Forrest Whitaker's left eye is sagging or not sagging, is I, I just find that a bit preposterous. I'm sorry. Call me uh, skeptical. I mean, he, he did present compelling arguments. It sounds like he, he had done a lot of research, but I, ju I just don't know if I, I go along with it. If there's any African-American people, pavement pounders, listening to the show, if you have any feedback on this, maybe you, you, maybe you side with, with, with Rutherford Grimes. Maybe you can illuminate me even more 
on, on Forrest Whitaker's left eye. Or maybe you want to challenge the professor. I, I don't know, but I, I, you know, I'm asking if there's any African-American listeners, pavement pounders, I would really appreciate some feedback. Please call the show. Because I don't want to sit here feeling like uh, I, I'm confused. Uh, 323-739-4330. You know, chime in on this, my, my African-American friends. 323-739-4330. And I'm going to leave it right there. His eye looked like a pro... For those of you that don't know what a prolapse is, you might want to, you know, look in the dictionary. I mean, that is just... Wow. Okay, we're going we're to end it there because, uh, you know, I'm a little rattled and I don't know that I, I there's anything else to say after that. Um, but if you do want to call me, 323-739-4330 is the number. Um, you can write me uh, at harlanwilliams.com. We have a contact link at harlanwilliams.com and the phone number's there for the, uh, for the uh, phone. Or if you want, you can just download the Harland Highway app on your uh, cell phone for free. Go to the app store, type in the Harland Highway, and uh, the on the app you'll see the phone number, you'll see the uh, contact uh, uh, link. Uh, you'll be able to listen to the most current 50 episodes of the show absolutely free. And then if you want special material, including my other podcast, Let's Have a Fight, and we do have some good fights coming up you won't want to miss. Uh, $20 a year. A year, not a month. A year uh, for premium content only. And there's a lot of great premium content. You'll be pissed if you miss out on it. So $20 a year. That's like less than a big bowl of, you know, maybe three bowls of Chick-fil-A kale salad. Do us a favor. Put put spend your money on something useful. Um, uh, but while you're there at harlemwilliams.com, please check out our merch store. We have hilarious T-shirts. We have artwork. We have uh, DVDs, movies, um, digital downloads, comedy albums, comedy DVDs, my comedy stand-up comedy specials. So much stuff at harlemwilliams.com. Please check it out. And while you're there. Please go to my link uh, for my stand-up tour because that begins in February. Yes, indeed. I'll be at the Improv February 3rd through the 7th. Or, sorry, 3rd through the 6th at uh, the Tampa Improv in Florida. February 3rd through the 6th, Tampa Improv. And then the very next weekend, uh, February 11th through the 14th, I will be at the Orlando Improv, so a nice little run in Florida. And then at the end of the month, uh, February 25th, I will be at the House of Comedy in Scottsdale, Arizona. Beautiful new club, great setting. Uh, please uh, get on board and uh, start uh, clicking on the, uh, the links, get your tickets. I'll be in Houston at the Improv March 10th to the 13th. So the stand-up tour is beginning. Um, and I appreciate you guys that join the premium membership. And as I said, I do appreciate that gentleman's call. I truly am sorry that he feels there's too much negativity. Um, I'm sorry you feel that way, but I hope you guys are enjoying the laughter and the positivity 
and can deal whenever I do talk about some of the darker elements that play out in our crazy mixed up world. But I'm not gonna I'm not gonna I'm not gonna um shape my show because someone likes or doesn't like something. I just gotta do what I gotta do. And if you like it, God bless you. If you don't, I guess you gotta drive into a lake. But uh that's the way it is. Um hey thanks for being here everybody. Hope you had a great time. And until next time, go get yourself some kale salad and chicken chow mein, baby. Hey, Harland. I want to say thank you for all the laughs. Thank you.